Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by director, writer, Lenny Lorisk, and actress Julia Franz Richter to discuss their film, Rubicon. The film is set 30 years in the future, where a mysterious cloud of toxic pollution has suddenly covered the Earth. On space station Rubicon, the three crew members on board with vastly differing worldviews must decide whether they risk their own lives to save those who may still be alive on Earth or ignore the old world to build a new one of safety and solitude, living off the station's sophisticated algae symbiosis system. As they grapple with the idea of their own mortality, isolation, and moral responsibility, the three struggle to come to a unanimous decision that could affect the fate of humanity. I had a great time chatting with Lenny and Julia about the film. IFC Midnight will be releasing it this Friday, July 1st. Good morning. Morning. Hello. Oh, good evening. Thank, oh, good evening. <laughs> good evening and good morning to you. Thank you. Uh, thank you both so much for taking the time to do this today. I really do appreciate it. I really enjoyed this movie. This is um, the kind of sci-fi that I really love that clearly has something deeper on its mind than just um, special effects and explosions. Don't get me wrong. There's certainly a place for that stuff, but... Mm-hmm. It's always nice when you have something that, especially right now, is a little bit more thoughtful. Um, just kind of, there's, to me, and I know we only have 15 minutes, I could go into this for a very long time, but so I'm just going to dive right in. Um, there's one line in this film that really stood out to me that would have sounded absurd probably 30 years ago, but now it sounds far too salient for my comfort level, uh, where it says the economy was more important than breathing. And to me, that's really what this movie is about. If you surmise it, boil it down to that one line. And um, I'm wondering if, in your opinion, have we already crossed that Rubicon? Uh, are we already there? Or is this something that's just a um, a warning? Or are we already past that point to you? For both Do of you. you want or me, Julia? Either, yeah. Because, I mean, this yeah. is really, I would assume from writing it is one perspective, but then also I would, and when you're wanting to do this film and spend this much time in this particular type of story, um, that that would be something that you would connect with. At least that's an assumption. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have written this, the story if I hadn't, you know, the opinion that we're already there. It's maybe not as clear as in the movie, um, but I wanted like, you know, a postmodern world where, they don't even try to hide it anymore because that's just the way it is. And, um, and yeah, like, I mean, so many aspects, like actually even in the last years, we got closer and closer to that. I, in a way it's horrible to say, but you know, it really helped me getting funded from the film because <laughs> I wrote it and suddenly, you know, there was this greater Thunberg uh, movement and yeah. So I knew, okay, I'm going to get the money for this one. And then, <laughs> And also, I was also influenced by the refugee crisis and, you know, and then so many things happened, like Ukraine and blah, blah. So it's, it's just a melting pot now of crazy um, stuff. And, and you know, and that was really, and we were always a little bit ahead of time. <laughs> and also Corona. I mean, because it actually yeah. does have a big Corona, I mean, aspect to it. And that was not even thought about that just happened then on set (laughs) and it really influenced the story too so uh yeah i think we're already there i think we did have got through (laughs) rubicon and it's really just about like how 
bed we let it get. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I do agree with you. I, and so what do you, what do you think? What was the initial reaction to you when you read this screenplay? Was this something as far as the deeper meanings that are just below surface level? I mean, it's not really, it's more or less text. It's not subtext in this film. It's right there. Yes, yes I think, I mean, referring to the question you, you also asked before, I think the optimist in me would always say, hopefully we didn't cross that line. But like the realistic part of me, not even the pessimistic, but the realistic is like, yeah, of course we're already there. And I think through all this crisis, like the richer get even richer through Corona. And um, also if you look at the, the, the war right now, you can say, see that uh, the ecologic, like the ecologic crisis is getting bigger through the war in Ukraine. There's so much, um, so many people starving in the global south because of the crisis in because of the war in Ukraine and there's so much yeah it all it all like Lenny said it all gets through all this through all this crisis you could tell where it's where it's gonna be in 100 years and it's not looking bright because there had to be some really bold global decisions to stop that and there had to be some really bold decisions to um yeah to take it away from the people who already get so much and it's such a small percentage on the earth and you could take away from them and you could make so many other people um have a better life and this is not easy to yeah this is a decision which had to be global and yeah and uh, sorry and in a way i think this script was also like a war declaration on the upper one percent for me because it's a big commentary on like social classes yes uh, and the way you know social classes differ and diverge in in crisis you know and and i think that is now very relevant especially like in corona times you know when you See, like how, like for example, a rich guy can just seal off in, in their big villa, <laughs> and we were just trapped in this little shitty, <laughs> shitty holes here, and like didn't know if we can go out or not, if we see green again or not. Yeah. And the the other part of that that is discussed in this film that's covered is the way that those people that are in their villas they're making a shitload of money while this is all happening, while people are unable to work, while they're having to make these sacrifices and changes and that they're seeing this as an opportunity as a way to make more money. You can see that with what's going on with the kind of global fuel pricing right now, that these okay, yeah. handful of companies are making billions and billions of dollars on the, and they're using this as an opportunity where gas, well, the cost of oil has been at this height before, but the prices have never been this high before. And it's just obscene what's going on right now. And, yes. um, our shameless and yeah, it's exactly shameless. That's that's what you can also see how like so many CEOs get paid more and more, and the workers um, don't less get less. anything or even get fired. And I think mm -hmm. there's yeah, or also which I which I really I mean, this is also I don't know in a way inspiring that I think in the US there's this um, term of the big resignation, not resignation, but people not going to work anymore. Because it's they the, they've moved from resignation to like it's called reshuffling now is, is uh, what they're calling it. Yeah. Yes. I think this is because this. Really? I, I didn't hear about that. Really? Uh, I didn't know about that movement, which is crazy because that's in my new script that happens in my. <laughs> <laughs> really? 
every everybody here is quitting their jobs. You know, there's a there's a big movement in this country where people have worked from home for two and a half years now, and they've reprioritized the amount of time that they were able to spend with their families. And you know, we in in this country, there's a it's shameful the way that we prioritize work over family and that we people that work 70 hours a week, we hold them up on a pedestal instead of looking at that and saying, what about the people you love? What about your time off? What about it's, you know, no, we work hard and that's all we do. And it's, that's changing. You can feel that movement, but then at the same time, um, there's this other movement that's happening in this country, which is very right-leaning and counter yeah, to that. And we're at odds with each other. It's a very um, disturbing yeah. time to be. In but I would suggest to these first group, watch Rubicon, because it kind of fits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, but this is the kind of film that it's overtly political, but I think you could watch this even if just, and find entertainment here that you don't have to necessarily, I'm very left-leaning, but you could be somewhere else on that political spectrum and find there's a lot here to enjoy. There's actually a, a very compelling, thrilling narrative here that's in the middle of that. So I, I don't well, want to mislead people in that way. Well, I also think that one of our most, uh, like, most interesting characters is in a way a little bit of yeah. right wing. And he's, I don't know, very often he's like the people's darling character. Like the <laughs> Well, he, the, the, that particular character, the comedy, a lot of it comes from him. And he's a person who wears his greed on his sleeve. He's totally comfortable with his motivations and just owns that. And there's something that is likable about somebody that is that, and yeah. they don't hide who they are. It's, there is something compelling about that. But see, that's so important. And I can't stress this enough to do like good casting because like when I was writing that, that character, I thought like, oh God. <laughs> what can I do that people don't hate this character from beginning to end? And then there's this Mark guy, and he's like, let's put in a little bit more fun, even. I'm like, okay, let's go in. And I think, yeah, it worked pretty well. Like, also, this ambivalence of him exactly through that. Well, this film is absolutely a performance piece where it's really just these three characters. This is, you know, has absolutely global implications, but it's really just about these three characters and how they're interacting and how they all play a different role in society. And each, you know, these different, as you were talking about before, classes are really boiled down and distilled into each one of these characters and how they interact with each other. And there is something that I think is ultimately hopeful um, in this, because there are paths forward that you can see with these three. It's when we get into these large groups and we don't see each other for our humanity, and we just think of each other as ideology, we think of each other as religion, as race, or whatever that is, that we get lost. But you put three of us in a room, we'll, we'll figure shit out. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And, and so, can you talk a little bit about, um, because this is such a performance-heavy piece, uh, the casting process? Because it's, if your casting is wrong, the film doesn't work a lot more so than other films because this is you know it's a case with a lot of films you know that have special effects that you can lean onto that side of it but this film that's it's there it looks great it's beautiful it sounds really good as well but this is ultimately a performance film yeah and it was really hard to be honest because like first we had uh we had another hannah and we had another um Dr. really Krula. Yeah, and I, I loved her. I thought, like, at that time, she was the only one who could play this. <laughs> and, then, 
And then she went to Hollywood and uh, canceled every film in Austria, which I was almost personally offended by. Well, <laughs> and it felt like really my heart was broken. It was like a relationship that was ended and I didn't understand why. So um, it was really hard to you know, um, reimagine that. And, and, and I mean, that's a very long story. It took months because also the financiers or how do you say that? Like the money givers. Also some saying in it and everybody wants to have a saying in it, especially if you're a young director, but um, in the end, I just said, like, no, I, Fuck the fame, fuck everything. I want somebody who's really, really fucking talented. And um, so I was allowed then to see like the new and upcoming um, starlet. <laughs> I mean, no, no, she, uh, Julia was um, very recommended by some of my closest friends. They really admired her work. So I, you know, looked into it and I, that was the first time that I thought, okay, maybe my love could transform you know? <laughs> and then you know and then she was there at the casting and she brought such a different approach to the character because like the other actress kind of was pretty in style with me but Julia had like this other approach which was also challenging but it brought so much and I think also like on set sometimes we clashed a little bit but I think that ultimately I mean not in a bad way like in a you know professional way but still and and but that made this character so rich and the um other one um dimitri krulov um yeah we we're actually like the smaller star just also went away for another project because like we had to reschedule once and then there was suddenly mark Ivanie, and we were like what the fuck mark Ivanie is interested and he's like yeah he is but he wants to speak with the director which was horrible because i was in the mountains i was super high and I, was like, I can't talk to him right now i can't okay. no. literally and figuratively high I, had, I made him wait for two days but um we got along so well and i think like he loved that this is finally a role where he can be not the, the typical bad guy russian and has like a lot of facets and, and more depth so he just loved it and he was super dedicated and then it was george and he was the easy i mean he's the one with the biggest fan base and i don't know how many followers he has on instagram blah 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 but he was there from the beginning every reschedule was no problem he was so chill he also said he was the chillest guy ever so well, yeah the, the performance of joy i wanted to talk a little bit about that because you i really enjoyed your performance here you do very small things they're very interior and i don't feel like you took a bombastic approach to this role which would be i think possibly at the screenplay level the reaction that you might expect from some the character like yours i feel like there's so much going on on the interior of this character that you project out and i really do love seeing a performance like that in a film like this i think it's a very layered and nuanced performance it's very small and I, just to talk a little bit about your approach to the role yeah i mean first thank you for saying that that means a lot because it was a lot of um I never had such a, it was, I think for me, it was a big, how do I say? Yeah, it was a responsibility for mm -hmm. like the whole story because it's so much about these three characters. And um, yeah, I, it was in the beginning, I, it was, I think the best thing was, which Lenny, Lenny already said, 
that we we are very different in a way of how we work. I'm a very intuitive and intuitive intuitive. Intuitive, yeah. yeah. Yes. And I always do things from the stomach and from the heart. And uh, this is also how I play. And Lini sometimes had a really precise um, imagination of how this situation should be. And I think, and in the moments we could discuss about it and we were like, <laughs> and after I saw the film now, I felt like nobody ever got me to that point because I'm normally a lot like, yeah, there's the comfort zone and there's where I feel like, okay, I, I do, I, I'm an actress, I think, who doesn't do that much. And I think Lini pushed me to some point and to the right points where it was a lot for me, but also something which I wouldn't do like this. And yeah, so this character was totally entstehen, um, oh God. Um, uh, it was great. No, entstehen. Um, it was just built on set, actually, or yeah. like it built it was built on set. I mean, I prepared for it. I, I learned, I, I talked a lot of English with a, with a guy who's from Detroit and I did more sports than we do. And we met the soldier, but it's all just things which are in the archive. And when you come to the set, um, I felt like also this with Lini, this discussing, it made, it gave me some, you know, sometimes the, the anger, which anger. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna. <laughs> no, no, no. But it was true. It was true. And you know what? And that's also something I kind of loved on set. Um, but um, the dynamics between the three sometimes were very close to <laughs> what they were in the script. Too. So yeah, I loved it. You know, because then you see <laughs> the director and think, okay, you just need to let it happen because this is all genuine. This is real now. <laughs> the record, I really. I couldn't enjoy, my, I mean, the, the work also with these guys was amazing because they're so intelligent and so they're, yeah, they have the, they really um, stand for their characters and for yeah, and dedicated. Yes. Yeah. Well, it all comes through in the film at the end. It's, you can feel that connection on screen. Um, and I think that having that kind of frustration with one another that carries over um, it's just something that ends up putting fewer roadblocks between you and doing your job and it comes through and it feels whatever got you there. Um, it just, it's, and it was a pleasure to watch the film and I'm really excited to continue this conversation with people once it comes out this weekend. Cause I think this is going to be one that people definitely need to check out. What so. do you think? Are, are people watching it? We have no idea. I mean, I've never had a film in America. It's so. uh, coming, it's coming out this Friday. So I know yeah. that when, this is something that I have a couple of groups that I that I discuss these things with. And when I put this out to people, like, what do you think of this idea? Um, people were excited for it. So I think that this is going to be something that connects with people because it's, well, <laughs> we need a film like this right now in my country. <laughs> so, I, I'm sad to say, I, I wish that this was something that was more of a warning shot as opposed to a mirror of what's going on right now. But sometimes just that um, mirror that's at an arm's length, that it's not directly standing on the soapbox and preaching to people has more impact. And so I just, we need to be more thoughtful about what we're doing in this country and what we're doing in this world. And the more time that we can spend in that headspace, the better. So I'm going to be 
yelling at people to watch this movie. And I just hope they'll listen. <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> awesome. Thank you both so much for taking the time out of your evening. Thank you so this. much. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, it was a blessing. Bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.